0: Welcome to Tart Club! Turgid Tomes is a wanton book club where we get together every other Wednesday to eat, drink, and discuss the latest romantical read. If you happened upon this podcast, and don't like the F word, or boners, now's your chance to GTFO! This is your official explicit content warning. This podcast is highly inappropriate, and listener
1: discretion is advised what in the actual pig shit fuck what the fuck what is happening all right don't don't touch anything i won't touch anything my hands are here hands in the air where are your hands (laughs) hands the episode (laughs) there have been numerous (laughs) technical difficulties (laughs) greetings fellow tarts ashley here your head hussy in charge this month, we will be revisiting some of our past reads for our Part di theme. And we have Heather back with us to discuss All the Feels by Olivia Dade. Hey, Heather. Hi, Ashley. <laughs> so, Heather is nervous because she is currently completing her book report as we speak. I am. <laughs> it's bad. Balls to the wall. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Funny enough, I saw you like two, three days ago. Yeah. So we went to a podcast live show for Sinisterhood, and it it was amazing. It was. It was great. It was. It's they're so funny. If you haven't listened to Sinisterhood, go check them out. I feel like. Heather might actually listen to another (gasps) podcast other than this one. Blasphemy. I would never. (laughs) If you want to listen to Sinisterhood, I'm not mad at that. That shit's funny. That was hilarious. Yeah. I mean, they're not taking shots out of accoutrements (laughs) on on Crocs. But, you know, it was great. Speaking of uh, unsanitary Mm. shots. Out of a crock <laughs> gibbet. <laughs> Let's get to the sip and snack. What drink did you pair with this book? Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and go with another Heather original. <gasps> Heather original. Here it comes. Okay. Let me get ready. Okay. That's I'm ready. Ready for it. All right. Go. So the beginning of chapter two, Alex is talking about the concept of extra. And how he feels extra. And with his ADHD, he is a bit much for most people to work with. So I created the drink and I have called it Extra in honor of Alex. It is one ounce vodka, one ounce 99 bananas, filled with orange juice. That sounds fantastic and refreshing. It is delicious. It is highly, highly flammable because 99 Bananas is 99% alcohol by volume. It is a lot. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. (laughs) 99 (laughs) Bananas is not just a banana liqueur. It is extreme or extra, as the drink is called, because Alex Woodrow is extra. I see what you did there. I see what I did there, too. And I like it. (laughs) Extra. I like that. That Yeah. Sounds delightful. Like a certain delightful asshole in this story. Delightful asshole? I love him so much. (laughs) (laughs) What drink did you pick to match our book, All the Feels? They did end up going to a lot of charity and Hollywood events Mm -hmm. that had buffet tables and... Mm -hmm catering and stuff like that. So I guess I'll get the snack out of the way first. So yeah, so it's finger foods. You know, probably just gonna make a fancy charcooch. And then we do a lot of those with our books. It's easy. (laughs) It's easy. It is. Yeah, a little fancy charcooch and I think just some some good old bubbly. Uh, pop some champagne in celebration of lauren lauren aka wren aka nanny clegg yeah finally telling everyone to go fuck themselves oh i love that yes big win big win gonna gonna pop the champagne for that mm-hmm. that's kind of the you know the stuff that they would be serving at one of those big charity events or hollywood parties Fancy finger food and champagne. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so we've already covered this author, but let's have a little refresher. Olivia Dade grew up a book nerd. As an adult, she earned an MA in American history and is now a fabulous author of a few series. Okay, (laughs) including this one. (laughs) I kind of, you know, that's paraphrased off of her Goodreads page. I shortened it a lot because... I wanted to I wanted to read the dedication that she has
2: mm-hmm. for
1: this book. It was really nice. <clears throat> to all the little girls who learn to stay quiet and not take up space in the world. May you find your inner harpies and demand your due at long last. Hell yeah. I love that. That's yeah. right. B H E big, big big harpy, harpy energy. energy. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that's what this book's all about. Mm-hmm. So let's just go ahead and get into it with our summaries. Let's rustle my papers loud enough. Um, <laughs> Let's move on to the brazen book report. Heather, how would you summarize this book? You got to the summary, right? We're going to pretend I did. Okay. Okay. I'll go first and then it'll inspire you. I mean, <laughs> I wrote some words. Go for it. Round bird-like woman is charged with keeping a handsome and muscly actor with no filter out of trouble to save his career they bantered they boned they fell in love that that's it <laughs> <laughs> that is a fantastic short summary that's it round you know i had to include it in there oh round is important because she's bird-like all right go. i got this heather how would you summarize this book with so many words. Okay. Don't panic. Stop panicking. <laughs> I feel like I'm feeling Okay. Oh my God. This isn't a test. It's not graded. I promise. Alexander Woodrow. Delightful asshole. Meets his match with Lauren Clegg. Freelance foe of fun. shrewd extraordinaire. His watcher may be, may just be the best thing that ever happened to him. Agreed. Agreed. Delightful yes. asshole is the best way to describe him. Absolutely. Yeah, That that's about it. I like that summary. Delightful asshole. Delightful asshole. I'd like to think I am a delightful asshole. I like to think I'm a delight, not necessarily an asshole. <laughs> I mean, I have my moments. <laughs> we'll, well, I mean, we'll see by the end of this if you want to drop the asshole off of mine. <laughs> you knew that was coming. Our very first recording together was spoiler alert was it it really was oh shit it was Ah, that was a long time ago but yeah that's the first one we recorded that's, together that's right you were the fourth yep. no excuse me you were the fifth episode <gasps> how dare you it's actually it's it's above average nice. for plays my friends are stalking us yes oh god <laughs> hello hi <laughs> Thank you for listening. We appreciate your patronage. Thank you for listening. Don't tell me you're actually listening. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Them's the rules. Them's the rules. Yeah. <laughs> one of my coworkers, there um this one chick, and she's an author, I guess. And he's like, Oh yeah, Ashley's got a podcast about books, blah blah blah. And I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> i was like i don't think she's that kind of author you need to chill out <laughs> mm-hmm. probably writing from like science books and shit that's what kind of author she is you're over there talking about oh yeah she's got a podcast about book i got a podcast about books and dicks like <laughs> she ain't ready for that <laughs> you know, the thing is i feel like Romance novels, especially smutty romance novels, they get a bad rap. They really do. There are plots there. There are storylines. There are things, themes that are like dark and twisty. It's not all like sex and dicks and like shenanigans. Like there are things to talk about there. We just we get a bad rap. Is what we do. Yeah, we do. Well, that's part of that's part of the whole point of this podcast mm-hmm. is. True, true. To kind of break that down. We're going to do it. 30 listeners at a time. (laughs) All 25 of you. (laughs) (laughs) We went from like five season one. Now we're at 25. Big growth. Big (laughs) (laughs) improvements. I've got 40 followers. I'm 10 away from my year goal of 50. So. Oh my God. No way. I'm going to do it. I just need 10 more. All right. 10 away. I'm pretty excited. Um. Oh, poor us. Let's hear some quotes. Did you have any quotes you liked? Where do I even start? (laughs) Apparently, according to my notes, page one is where I start. Mm. So Ron is Alex Woodrow's, not agent. He's the producer on the show. Yeah, he's a showrunner on Gods of the Gate. And he basically... Says he would like to nut punch Ron because let's be honest, Ron is a douche nozzle and we all need to nut punch him. And Alex says it in page one. There's also Ron's email, which mm. is the worst. His email address is King Ron. He needs to nut punch just for that email because <laughs> it's the worst. Hate that guy. I really do. My favorite quote, probably, of this entire book is when Alex basically asked Warren, in fact, your absence made philosophical. If a tree misbehaves in a forest and no one is there to scold it, did the tree really misbehave at all? <laughs> Does a bear shit in the woods? Right. So, yeah, it's a twist on that. If a tree misbehaves in a forest and no one's there to scold it, did the tree really misbehave at all? In defense of Alex, the lovable, delightful asshole, I would say no. If no one can, no one is there to listen to him, he did nothing wrong. That was a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see, there's one more. What is this? So Lauren basically is trying to defend Alex. It's like, and she tells him, you're an orchid, Woodrow, gorgeous, but high maintenance. Which feels very accurate because Alex is very high maintenance, I did like that a lot. Like, she's his minder. She's trying to keep him out of trouble. But at the same time, she understands he's special. Like an orchid. Like, you have to delicately take care of him. So she understands. She gets her job. She's she's killing it. He's a delicate flower. <laughs> Literally, he's a delicate flower. So what were some of um, the good quotes that you found in this book? Okay, number one. Best quote of the whole damn book. A quote for life. Carry yourself with the confidence of a mediocre white man. Uh, I mean, yeah. (laughs) I think that's pretty uh, (laughs) self-explanatory. Yes. So, let me see here. Uh, The author continued the trend of ridiculous film names. (gasps) I'll list off the few that I caught and remembered. Okay. Mimes and Moonlight. <laughs> it's a romance. With a dude and a mime.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: A mime. And then... <laughs> I don't re- I actually don't remember. Oh, okay. So it's... It, he was in a slasher film called A Thump in the Woods. Oh. <gasps> yep. Mm-hmm. This one... He was joking he was joking around about his uh co-star Mackenzie's cat whiskers and how she can she claims to telepathically commute with her cat. Mm-hmm. Uh they're joking around or maybe they were joking around, I don't remember. It could be it, Mackenzie could be serious about this, but they were talking about her cat's memoir, Here in Meow, A Cat's Life. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> there were just there were so many. Good quotes in here, but I mean, you can't beat the white dude one. No, like that—that's like top notch. There. Okay, moving on from quotes. What was your favorite part? Okay, so basically, everyone being against Ian, which you know, Marcus and Alex and Kara and all the characters from Gods of the Gates are in this group chat, and Ian is obviously awful. He's the the fish smelling. You know, muscle bound freak character, and everyone is kind of always pranking him. So, Alex has convinced Ian that in his castle, because of course he lives in a castle with a moat and his whole thing, he has convinced Ian that he has a dungeon in his castle. So, <laughs> Ian has dug out a dungeon underground underneath his own castle. And it's just ridiculous. Like, he's convinced Ian, I have a dungeon. Ian has thought, I need a bigger and better dungeon. It's ridiculous. It's not a big part of the plot, but it is so funny. It is terrible. And I love it. And every time Ian shows up, they always talk about how he's always eating tuna, and he always smells like a fish. (laughs) And it's The worst. And I love it. The Ian shit kills me. (laughs) Honestly, Ian is such... He's just such a chode. Oh, yes. He's just... He's one of those... My horse is bigger kiss asses. Yeah. Because there's also a part where um, Alex has said something about, like, a sword that he has in the castle. (laughs) (laughs) And... (laughs) Ian has to go and get like an even bigger sword. I'm like, if this isn't comparing dicks, I don't know what is. Do you remember? Okay, he the he built the dungeon because Alex had another friend make a fake magazine. Yes, that it that included. So Alex had his friend make a fake magazine of a list of the top castle homes or whatever. Yep, and he. <laughs> He yeah, he put his he didn't want it to seem suspicious, so he put his house on there, but like lower down the list. And then he just happened to mention it to Ian. Oh, look at this! My, you know, my castle is blah 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 number blah 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 on this list in this magazine. And then all of a sudden, Ian is showing everyone pictures of his dungeon and how much better <laughs> it is than Alex's. Yeah. yeah, did a magazine mock-up. That is some commitment. That is the petty I strive to be in this world. It was great. In the cast chat, in the cast group chat, everyone, every single person is just constantly texting, fuck you, Ian. Shut up, Ian. You're stupid, Ian. Go eat some fish, Ian. You smell, Ian. Like, (laughs) everyone agrees with you except Ian, but like Ian's in the group chat. I know, and I'm I'm just sitting there. (laughs) <laughs> i'm sitting there by the end of it by one of the last group chats I'm like why is he talking about he's talking about kick alex out of the group chat i was waiting for someone to be like how about you fucking see yourself out ian right <laughs> he's like how about kick Ian out of the group chat because that's where we were all going yeah no and they didn't do it and i was like i he must be a glutton for punishment man because everyone hates him Right. Why didn't he see himself out of the group chat? Mm-hmm. There are so many little details included in this series that are hilarious. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what makes mm-hmm. it great, I think. I think so, too. What was your favorite part? Okay, first of all, I love the covers of this series. Mm-hmm. I really like that you don't like them. I mean, they are cartoon. <laughs> okay, listen, let me amend that. For a cartoon cover, (laughs) it's pretty badass. I think it's a cut above the other romance cartoon covers. Yes. That's how we'll put it. Mm -hmm. Alex in general, just, you know, the delightful asshole himself. Delightful asshole. My favorite. He, Alex just gives off these, he just gives off really big golden retriever with an edge vibes yeah no he does i really like it i like it i'm feeling it yeah a lot chaotic but he's very lovable much like a giant gold retriever yeah i think my ultimate favorite part mm-hmm. she's okay so she shows up to spain she she's an er therapist basically that's a hard job right she's burnt out mm-hmm. she needs a break her family Encourages, you know, she's deciding to go to Spain. Her family encourages her to go on vacation. And her shit ass cousin Ron just happens to be the showrunner of Gods of the Gates. And he, her parents tell her that she should go visit him on set. Unfortunately, Ron's awful. He's a shitbag. And he ropes her into. Minding Alex because he got in a drunken bar brawl the night before and it's bad press. They're coming up on their final season. They basically ultimatum him. If you get any more bad press, you're done in Hollywood. So she is supposed to essentially babysit him and make sure he doesn't fuck up. Instead of going on her wonderful Spanish vacation, her wonderful vacation in Spain, she is tasked to do this. That's how. We end up where we are Mm -hmm. and where we are is a hotel. So they're on a road trip and apparently there's a huge, there's a brush fire. (laughs) So the highway is shut down. All the hotels are booked. They can't find anywhere to stay. So they go a few towns over. They find this tiny B&B. They only have one room that the AC will not shut off in. Yep. (laughs) And guess what? There's only one bed. Yes. The reason this is my favorite is because Alex, the character, is fully aware of the one-bed trope. Yes! And is pumped to be living it out in real life. Yeah. He was literally whooping and shouting and dancing around saying, This is the best day of my life! One-bed trope! It's my second favorite trope! (laughs) Yes! Oh, it was great. Oh, that was so great. That was... (laughs) Can it get any better? I mean it probably could, but it was pretty good to me. I liked it. We're gonna roll into least favorite part. Ron. Yeah, Ron sucks. No, Ron is awful. He treats his cousin his cousin like garbage. You know, he ropes her into being like a babysitter slash minder for his his actor. He doesn't stop to, like, consider anyone else's opinions. He doesn't ever ask Alex what actually happened in this bar fight. He doesn't ask Lauren, hey, do you want to, like, work for me at all? He just assumes a lot of things because they're family. And the way he treats her and, like, talks about her is awful. He is a train wreck. And I pretty much hate him entirely. So for me, that was a big letdown story. This is what gets me. The fact that he's sending emails to an actor on his show and putting PS and then making these horrible comments on his cousin's physical appearance and then CCing her in these emails. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he called her ugly. I would just like to point out how unprofessional that is. Mm -hmm. He's talking about. Oh, Alex, you have bad press, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, your emails are HR's worst nightmare. Yes. Like, that could be considered sexual harassment. Yes. You're talking about her physical appearance. It would be. And that's your cousin, dude. Why would you... And that's another thing. You're related. That is your cousin. Yeah. Why do you care what she looks like? Why is it necessary for you to comment on what she looks like? Mm -hmm. I mean depending on the time period or what part of the world you're in, people do get with their cousins. But mostly it's frowned upon. So (laughs) being that it's frowned upon, that's your cousin. Why are you making weird comments about her like that? Right? That's weird to me. Is it just me? No. (laughs) No. Was that it? Did you have another? No. Ron was pretty much my least favorite part. The story is good overall, but he just brings this like train wreck awful personality to the story that i don't like he's the worst just gross yep what is your least favorite part of this book okay well obviously ron ron yeah other than ron my least favorite part okay i had this issue with the first book round yeah the word round yeah we're not gonna forget that she's round Even if it's not included on every other page. True. She looks like a short, round bird. We get it. You know, there's driving the point home, and then there's just getting in a fucking monster truck and just blasting into it and destroying everything. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's like it, it's a bit, it's a bit much to the point where it takes you out of the story. At least me, because I was getting annoyed. Mm-hmm. I'm not into it. No, it's like you said, though, it comes to a point where there is the show versus tell. And if you're writing a story, show me the story. Show me this fat woman that is being, you know, sexually aware, like she is sexually active. She is not ashamed of her body. She is fully aware of what she looks like and how she may be portrayed with like society standards. Stop telling me. Oh, she's round. She has skinny legs. Oh, she has these, you know, fat this and that. Just tell me the story. Stop describing her as this, like, fat, bird-like character. And just let her be happy. Let her be physically attractive to another human. Let her be sexually active. You don't have to tell me she's round. Just let me see her being with someone. It's it's uh, that Mr. Darcy shit where it's like I love you in spite <laughs> of all of your flaws you piece of shit. <laughs> oh, Mr. Darcy. <laughs> you know, it it's just like why can't why can't he just like her? Why can't he just find her attractive? Why does he keep having to bring up, "Oh, I like her in spite of this?" You don't really find that like super beautiful male character with the heroine that is atypical. Which is why I like Olivia Gates' story. Fuck societal beauty standards, you know what I'm saying? True. Like, write the world in such a way that your character is free to be themselves. Just tell the story. Let her be in love. Let her find her partner and let them be together. Yeah. I'm here for it, but I want the representation without beating me over the head with it. Yeah. That That's exactly it. That right there. That would be great. Let's get into what the fuck moments. What was your what the fuck moment from the book? Okay, so my what the fuck moment was basically Lauren leaving Alex at his worst in the hotel. She knows he's going through some shit. Like after the cons of the gate and him basically imploding on stage... And she's fired by her cousin. And yes, we've talked about Ron is a train wreck human. But she just leaves him. She leaves him right there. Yeah. Drops everything to go back home. And yeah, I guess she's trying to protect herself. But at the same time, she just disappears. And what is he supposed to do with that? So the whole thing with their relationship had always been they were coming to understand each other and they were kind of dealing with their their trauma together and then she just ghosts him and she's protecting herself so it's not horrible but at the same time she never really stops to think about what it's doing to him and how he's going to react to it so I did not love that to flesh it out a bit Ron sends one of his uh-huh. infamous emails I hate Ron and what did he say? What did he say? He he basically sent an email to Alex about the outburst because there was the fan mm. that had cornered them and she was like groping his ass, basically. Yeah. And he was uncomfortable, but he was trying to like sidestep it and Lauren didn't like it. So she steps in and basically separates them. And then of course the fan posts something on her social media and it becomes a thing so ron's email is basically to alex saying oh you know i'm sorry i sent you such an, an ugly minder and i should have sent you someone else that could handle this and alex wasn't upset for like what ron had said about him he mm-hmm. didn't even care about himself it was the fact that ron lauren's actual cousin like they are family and he's still saying oh she's ugly she's ridiculous and oh i should have you know, basically, I should have sent someone better to, like, take care of the situation. That is what Alex had a problem with, is the way Ron treated Lauren. And that's why Alex went off. And to add insult to injury, she was CC'd in this email as well. Absolutely was. And I think that was the tipping point. Is like, if you want to say something horrible about this person... Feelings aside, that was a horrible thing to say about someone else, especially someone that is your family member. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, I saddled you with this horrible, ugly person. It's just a, it's just a new level of cruelty. Yes. To literally be like, oh, well, I'm talking about you, and this is what I'm saying. Ha ha ha! Like, ew. I bet you Ron looks like a fucking chode. I I bet money. Yeah. But she was CC'd on the email. Like, she read that email. And, yeah, and so she couldn't get to Alex in time mm-hmm. because Marcus was holding his phone so that he didn't do anything rash. And then he didn't, she didn't get a chance <laughs> to talk to him before he went up on stage mm-hmm. for their, um, so it's it was like a God of the Gates con yeah. So it was, it's that big thing where all the actors in the show are up on stage and they're doing all kinds of like different Q and A's and stuff. So he had a Q and A, a live Q and A with fans and live streamers. And he was just waiting. He was waiting. He was pacing like a caged animal on that stage, waiting for someone to ask about that last season of God of the Gates. And as soon as someone said. That poor fan. I know okay so the fan that asked the question oh so what can you tell us about the final season she was nervous (laughs) because everyone knows they can't tell you shit about the final season why are you asking but she tried it she tried it and then she got full on feral Alex on live streams (laughs) everywhere his entire career just imploded on that stage and she's probably just standing there like, is she still standing? Did she pass yeah. out? <laughs> like, did she pass out after she heard about his fanfiction and pegging and <laughs> all kinds of ridiculous shit? He went full on feral and overshare. Yeah. Live to everyone. Yeah, there was no hiding that anymore. And that's what I loved so much about the story is Alex was done. Alex was done with that character when they like wrote him off and... In- Made him ridiculous, but he held it all in, I think reasonably well until this poor, unsuspecting fan. What can you tell us about the last season? She wasn't ready for all that. she got a lot more I think that she bargained for. <laughs> what was your what the fuck moment? um where was the pegging? Ah, so <laughs> there was all this build up Where is it? It's not in there, there's I think at the very end it taught- it said, Oh, one of our pegging interludes, and it just but they never actually have it on page, and they just reference it that one time in passing after all that talk about it, listen, don't talk about it. be about it okay <laughs> if you're gonna go through and have all this representation for all of these different things, why wouldn't you have? an unconventional sexual scene you know what i'm saying i do i think mm, i see what you're saying but also at the same time he's writing that into the fan fiction which is kind of to correct what the show writers did i think lauren and alex's conversation about how he asked do you see Cupid as a bottom? And Lauren, looking at the character, Cupid, not Alex, you know, Mm. that doesn't necessarily mean that Alex as the actor, the human playing the character, I think there's a separation there. Yeah, I agree. Like he, okay, he wrote a fan fiction. People Mm. write fan fictions all the time with all kinds of kinky Mm. shit in them that the author would never do. But at the same time, I, I feel like, He was way too excited about it, Alex himself. Yeah. But on the other side of it, why do you just want to see plain vanilla sex all the time? (laughs) Like, give him a little spunk. Yeah. Because Alex, the man, would be adventurous in the bedroom. And he is comfortable enough in his masculinity to do these things and just be accepting of it and exploring. Because they also talked about all the role playing they do. In the bedroom. Yeah. They actually play out the fan fictions. Yeah. All these fan fictions that he particularly likes have pegging. And the one he wrote, it's not just the one he wrote. No, yeah. He was reading a bunch of fan fictions with pegging in it. So I think that's what it is. He had an interest in it for sure. And he just seems like the type of character. He's not going to not explore that. You know what I mean? Yeah. By the way, she did end up after the fact writing a bonus pegging scene which i think it was on her website for free for a while but i think it's actually going to be it's off of that i if i'm not mistaken it's going to be included in the new printings of the book makes sense do you remember the end of spoiler alert Mm -hmm. and like marcus and april's whole like kiki fairy tale thing it was horrifying. Yes. I I, I, like, I forgot about it. And now you've, I've yeah. walked it out and now you've reminded me <laughs> and I'm very upset. <laughs> Not actually upset. <laughs> I'm sorry, but also if she would have included an ending of Lauren and Alex and their pegging fuckery, I feel like we would have had that same feeling that we did at the end of Spoiler Alert. Like, this is unnecessary and we don't need it. Here's the thing. I disagree. <laughs> Shocker! <laughs> of course you do. Shocking. Okay, so I disagree <laughs> just for the just for the fact that they weren't talking about how much into fairy tale role play they were into the whole fucking book. It just kind of came out of nowhere at you at the at the end. No one was expecting it. Okay, fine. <laughs> True. That's what I'm talking about. There is like this huge buildup. Yeah, and it's. Alex is the kind of character that would be like, let's try it. Even if he didn't end up liking it, he'd be like, let's try it. Let's go wild. Let's get crazy. Let's make animal noises and frighten (laughs) our neighbors. They did that without the pegging. They did. The neighbors reported them and it wasn't about a woman in pain. It was about animal noises, which were all Alex. (laughs) Another what the fuck. Okay, we're going to roll it back to Ron, our favorite. We hate him. There's a part uh, where Lauren's family, it's after the fallout, after he's fired her and all that jazz. So it is stated in the beginning of the book that the only reason Lauren's family thinks that she and Ron get along is because she stopped telling them how awful he was to her as a kid because it made them feel uncomfortable because his mom... What was her name? Kathleen. Katherine or Yeah. Katherine or Kathleen. Of course she Karen. Mm-hmm. Karen is Karen ass of a mom. Is just like him, is a bully and an asshole. And she probably raised him like a just a pampered dirtbag. She spoiled him rotten and gave him the same ideals. So she bullies her sister, Lauren's mom, because her kid's a bully. And then she just refuses to believe it. And she just makes excuses for him and then makes the rest of the family uncomfortable. And Lauren, you know, he's not going to stop. So Lauren started to feel bad because her there is a rift in the family because of it. <clears throat> so she stopped saying anything. So that's how she ends up, like, her family saying, oh, you should visit Ron. You guys were so close when you were kids. When in actuality, he just talked about how ugly and fat she was all the time when they were kids. Nothing's changed. No. Nothing's changed in his adulthood, obviously. So after... The fallout of being fired and all that. And Alex just like went in and pretty much like humiliated him. His mom started bitching to Lauren's parents that Lauren owed him. Lauren, Lauren owed him an apology because Alex popped off. So Lauren's mom emails Lauren stating, Oh, this is so wild. Like obviously it's not your fault at all. But you know, could you please maybe just like email him an apology? Even though it's not your fault, but could you just do that? Cause she's getting, you know, she's getting really aggressive and I'll just make her and I can forward it to her and it'll make her feel better. What the fuck? I will fight Ron's mom. I will fist fight her in a Wendy's parking lot. <laughs> She's kind of coddling him. Why are you not defending your own child? Yeah. Because somehow Ron is this... Ron is this delicate little snowflake. Like, oh, we have to protect his feelings. I'm like, no. Ron is a douche nozzle. He is the douchiest douche to ever douche on a page I've ever seen. I hate him. Okay, so what, <laughs> if I were Lauren and my mom emailed me that, I'd be like, sure thing, mom. And I would forward all those nasty little comments he wrote about her and then cc'd to her. Be like, I'm sorry that Ron is actual human garbage and thinks that it's okay to talk to his family like this and women in general. Aunt Kathleen, maybe you should uh, think about maybe taking some responsibility and apologizing to me for how you raised this absolute trash bag excuse of a human. (laughs) Uh green. Yeah, no. You know my ass would see it to the whole fucking family. (laughs) Are there any red flags (laughs) for you? Oh, you mean besides Ron? Okay, okay. I mean like Ron is a giant flapping red flag in and of himself, but are were there any others? Yeah. You know, the big thing that I took um It was corrected by the end, but the big red flag, honestly, is from Lauren, like, dismissing her own value and her own worth in, Hmm. you know, I don't care how ugly or unattractive, like, conventionally you may be, you have someone who appreciates you and acknowledges you and loves you for who you are, and she's very dismissive of herself. She is her own red flag. She just kind of internalizes everything yeah she really does what are your red flags he tells you you look like a picasso painting oh listen picasso's cool and all i feel like if a person walks up to any other person and you tell them you look like a picasso painting what is picasso known for abstract abstract asymmetrical it is a mess hot mess express <laughs> really cool art i mean it's hot cool mess like it's cool yes hot mess express there is no rhyme or reason it is asymmetrical and wild as fuck and you just compared someone's face to that yeah uh s- sir <laughs> sir how did you think that was gonna go poor alex <laughs> why? But to be fair... He loves Picasso. Yeah. And that's fine. But see, the thing is, you never had a conversation prior with Lauren talking about how much you love Picasso. None of that happened. There was no preface. There was no context. You just straight up, you're like, you look at a Picasso painting. And she's like, this motherfucker. <laughs> I guess maybe it's not like so much a red flag as... Ooh no 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 <laughs> No one wants to be told they have an asymmetrical face you know what not necessarily true because i've seen those tiktok videos where like you divide your face in half one half is very pretty when it's asymmetrical the other half is a train wreck. oh it's so creepy i hate it i hate it i i don't know telling me i look like a Picasso painting may not be like the compliment you want it to be But I would take it over saying, like, you know what? You look like a hot mess. You know what? I'll take Picasso over that any day. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, if if that's the choice. I mean, that's the choice. (laughs) All right. Next red flag. Making unilateral decisions in a relationship. I mean. (laughs) Stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Both of them. Both of them. But it is such a common so trope in, like, books and TV shows, movies. It is. Just stop. It's like this big miscommunication. Talk to each other. Example, he gets an offer for a reality television show of him road tripping him around the world and just, you know, documenting it, right? All right. So... He's talking with his agent. Lauren's, like, asleep or whatever. He's in this meeting with his shit, with his garbage agent. He gets this offer. Immediately, immediately stipulates it's Lauren. Okay, Lauren's my travel companion or nothing. Did he bother? Did he stop to ask Lauren at any point during this before this before he made this decision hey would you be okay with dropping everything and just traveling the world with me and having a camera in your face 24 7 no he did not absolutely he did not he just assumed oh of course she'd want to travel with me why not and then lauren so zach the agent finds her asks her to speak privately so she goes off You know, he's like, oh, would you want to do this? And she was like, well, no. And then the agent goes on to say, well, if you say no, he's going to say no. Unless you break up. Yeah. So is your relationship worth more than his career? Which she has been telling herself this whole time. It's not. And he's been telling her this whole time. It is. So (laughs) she decides by herself without talking to Alex that she needs to break up with him to save his career. Yep it was infuriating kids these days even though they're older than us technically (laughs) speaking of miscommunication is there something to be learned from this book that applies to daily life yeah i think the fact that and i see this a lot fans take their obsession with the actors a little too far actors and celebrities musicians they are real people too they deserve and should expect some privacy in their lives. They are separate from the characters they're portraying. they are portraying. They're separate from the music they are putting out. They deserve to have a real life. And you know, one of the big examples of this like I saw on Instagram going not that long ago is when Henry Cavill came out that you know, he had a girlfriend now and he like this is a serious relationship for him. And the fans that were so toxic and so disgusting Oh, she's not worthy of him. Like, you know, he's not a god. He's not a superhuman. He plays one on TV. That is it. I literally wrote everything you just said, including the example <laughs> with Henry Cavill and his girlfriend. Stop reading my mind. <laughs> Jumping on the end of yours, adding to it. You were never going to meet this person, this celebrity. Okay. So the Henry Cav, Okay. Example. Henry Cavill. Prime example. Mm-hmm. And this is so weird to me that fans get so attached. this is someone that you're attracted to. you love their work, you love their talent, mm-hmm. you're supposed to respect them. Mm-hmm. You're being completely disrespectful and weird to be honest with you, and really immature, like what are you fucking like fifteen? Mm-hmm. What are you in high a high school girl like oh, I'm gonna marry Henry Campbell You're not you're a mm-hmm. grown ass adult. Sitting there showing your ass Uh, on Instagram, making his girlfriend have to shut hers down because you're harassing her? uh People, you do not know. First of all, you don't know him. Second of all, you're never going to know him. Third of all, you would never have a chance with him anyway, even if you did. No. And fourth of all, mind your business. Right. Who celebrities date is none of your business. That's their personal life. It is. Is there something to be learned from this book that applies to daily life? I believe Alex and Lauren referenced this a few times. Get out of your own way. Stop just assuming you know everything and assuming you know what's best for everyone making unilateral decisions. Stop thinking of yourself as a terrible person. Just stop. Just live your life. Which is like a lot easier said than done, obviously, but. Yeah. Yeah stop stop making things harder for yourself <laughs> basically <laughs> that's all you're doing true well that was i mean we kind of already had a little uh spicy snippet there but did you have another one i do it's it's an exciting one oh. the sequel was better than the first book that's almost never the case because yeah. a lot of sequels kind of suffer from you know that that second slump but. uh i did love the sequel more than the first book i made like the same exact note about sequels being worse than the first one so we don't have to argue about our spicy snippet what is what is happening (laughs) the universe is collapsing as we speak (laughs) i don't i mean we could go i should have gone back and listened to the spoiler spoiler alert episode before this (gasps) so i could refresh myself but i didn't um (sighs) the characters in this alex and lauren felt much more developed in my opinion Mm -hmm. their issues made a lot more sense Mm -hmm. their miscommunication wasn't as dumb as the other miscommunications (laughs) i don't know and just alex he's just so fun he's just such a funny character yeah i feel like the dialogue was elevated in this one as opposed to the first Mm -hmm. They have a lot of back and forth. Like they have a lot of banter. They do. You know, he zings her, she zings him back. So there's a lot more of that in this where it is more telling their story than talking about their story, which is good. Yeah. I did appreciate the ADHD rep. Yeah. Like Olivia Dave is not shying away from mental illness. Yeah. And final uh, spicy snippet. Fourth book. I would like to see Mackenzie and Mr. Whiskers. Yes. Mackenzie is a co-star. You only really get to learn of her through the group chat, through the um, cast chat. Mackenzie is there speaking for her cat, Mr. Whiskers. I am just, I am intrigued. I need to know a cat owner that believes that claims to be able to telepathically communicate with their animal would be an unconventional lead i would read that and we would talk about it (laughs) that's what i'm saying i want to read it yeah (laughs) olivia dade if you're listening (laughs) olivia dade reach out we want to read it all right speed round who would you want to be besties with and why i would be friends besties with. Lauren, because she knows her self worth and doesn't need Alex to defend her. So she's fully aware of her flaws and her strengths, and I would want to be besties with her. Yeah. Who would you want to be besties with and why? Alex. You know, delightful asshole. I just feel like it would never be a dull moment. He would, he would just, it would be constant laughter. Yes. Who? <laughs> I think we know the answer to this already. Who do you want to throw punch and why? Not Ron. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to throw punch two people. Ron, obviously. Yeah. Douche of the century. I'm throw punching him. He treats Florida like garbage. He is garbage. The end. I'm also going to go ahead and throw in a free throw punch for Zach. He's garbage. Mm-hmm. So I'm throw punching him as well. I like it. Who would you throw a punch? Uh Ron and Zach, obviously. But with Zach, what's really messed up is that he is building his career off of Alex and he treats him like shit. Yes. I do have a third. Ooh, ooh oh. Honorable mention. Ron's mom. <gasps> Ron's mom. Throw a punch. I'm gonna email her a throw punch. <laughs> It'll be great. <laughs> It'll be like virtual throw punch. Yeah. Who would you want on your side in a fight and why? Kara Brown. I would want her on my side in a fight because in that group chat, Ian starts his bullshit of like, oh, we should kick Alex out of our group chat, don't you think? And she defends him. Like, no questions asked. Immediately. Immediately. Basically, she's like, I think we should kick you out of the group chat. (laughs) (laughs) Who would you want on your side in a fight and why? Kara. Yay ride or die loyal she will cuss anyone out for you (laughs) yes yes on to the next question who would you cast for these characters so heather is asking me first because heather did not cast characters that's fine it happens i failed in my homework i'm so sorry i'll never do it again i promise (laughs) okay okay well wait wait. Uh uh-huh real quick off the top of your head what would you say their astrological signs are? Oh, that's unfair. I think Lauren's an Aquarius. Well, no, 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 no. She doesn't have the weirdo creativity bit. What if Lauren's a Cancer? Lauren's a Cancer. I could see that. I feel like as a kindred spirit with Alex and a little chaotic, I would just all out call him a Pisces because I am a Pisces. I was thinking Virgo or Aries. Aries is... Or Sagittarius. Ares is close, but I'm gonna go with Pisces. I like that. Who would you cast for these characters? Okay, so for Lauren slash Ren slash Nanny Clegg, I went with Chrissy Metz from <laughs> This Is Us. She plays Kate. Oh! obviously, I like that. Obviously, it was going to be a plus-size actress. Um, what really drew me to her, her eyes. It's talked about throughout the book how pretty and striking lauren's eyes are they're like a mm-hmm. light blue green color mm-hmm. and i want to say chrissy's are blue or green or a mix mm-hmm. i can't quite recall they're just striking they're very it it's the first thing you see when you look at her mm-hmm. so and also she's a great actress i think she could do the stoic dry humor but also the emotion for yeah the character for sure all right and then for alex Ryan Reynolds, <sighs> think about it. No, yeah, no, I see it. But I immediately, I was like, oh, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> he has exactly. He has that neurosis, like that. I need attention now. Kind of. He has that neurotic energy. <laughs> oh, you nailed it. That's what we think. Let's hear what some other people think. I've got some Goodreads reviews for us to read. And we're going to go high to low. Megan gave it five stars. On top of Celeb Dates Normie, fanfic love is now a trope I adore, I guess. Mm-hmm. I can see it. I I like fanfiction. Victoria gave it five stars. Your Honor, there was only one bed. <laughs> yes. Love it. Chandra gave it four and a half stars. I enjoyed this book even more than spoiler alert. I love the fat rep, non-traditional beauty rep, and ADHD rep. I didn't always appreciate the type of humor Alex displayed, but he was still more, he was still more charm than asshole. Agreed. Yeah, there were quite a few people that did not appreciate Alex's humor. I mean, I thought it was funny. (laughs) (laughs) Gigi gave it three stars. Absolutely livid that there was no pegging in this book, considering how many times it was referenced. There was also a touch too many fanfic references, and the conflict didn't feel all that tense to me. But whatever, I still enjoyed the book, despite my grievances. Did you write this review? Because, uh, I feel the bitterness of no pegging. (laughs) No, I felt like this one was higher stakes, and it, it was... I don't know. I found it to be not more believable, but not as annoying. But I always get annoyed with that final, oh, they've been together and everything's going well. And then we get to the last 25% of the book and something's got to happen to break them up and then they get back together. That's so annoying. Typically, whatever splits them up at the last quarter mark tends to just piss me off (laughs) because it's stupid. But that's kind of the point. (laughs) Oh, romantic books seem to do that though it's like everything it's the same formula it's like everything's going well like even if you overcame like some nonsense early on there's still going to be that thing at the end like lurking there and yeah i just it's not this book in particular it's all romantic books it's just like yeah stop it already caitlin gave it three stars this had some endearing qualities, but Alex referring to Lauren as round multiple times was not one of them. Did you read that one? <laughs> well, I. it wasn't so much Alex that was the problem, just in general, he referred to her as round, she referred to herself as round, everyone called her round, it was like, okay, we get it, we get it, she's a globe. She's round, we get it. She's spherical. <laughs> Cassidy gave it two stars better than her first but really lost me with the ending misunderstanding <laughs> just talked about this the ending misunderstanding plot can't believe she's writing a third Jamie Lannister slash the actor that plays Jamie Lannister cuz i can't say his name <laughs> fan fiction book but honestly good for her <sighs> these characters in gods of the gates are all like greek mythology characters mm-hmm. like you know cupid and venus and jupiter game of thrones might play on that mythology trope but they are not the characters themselves so you can't say olivia Dade's writing a Jimmy lannister is like no she's writing greek mythology characters and there might be a lot of crossover there but you know Marcus's character isn't boning his twin sister, so it's... (laughs) Accurate. Sonia gave it two stars. The story is enjoyable. The F-bombs killed it for me. Well, she's definitely not a listener of this podcast. (laughs) She needs to stop listening to Church of Tomes immediately because fuck that shit. (laughs) L gave it two stars. DNF. I just felt like they had no chemistry and he was mean to her in the beginning You can't just come from there and then be in love. The writing was good though. Okay, here's the thing there's a trope called Enemies to Lovers. I don't know if you knew about this. Heather hates it. Heather hates it. (laughs) It is not enemies to lovers so much. They have this like dynamic of like they bicker, but I never feel like they're enemies. They're strangers. They don't like they never hate each other. I think they misunderstand each other a little bit at the beginning. But a lot of what is fundamentally their relationship is just the argumentative, like, back and forth. Like, they challenge each other. They're like an old married couple. They bicker. Exactly. It's the bickering is and the bantering is like, I, it doesn't even feel like enemies to lovers because I hate enemies to lovers. <laughs> I didn't find that out until the book sale line. I was shook. Hate enemies to lovers. We'll stop. You know what we should read next? No. What? Not Enemies to Lovers. Not! (laughs) I thought I was going to say it. I was like, no! But gotcha. Allison gave it one star. It's an R-rated Hallmark movie. If that's your thing, you'll love it. Eh? R-rated Hallmark movie. Huh. I have to think about that one. (laughs) That is quite the paradox, isn't it? Yeah. R-rated Hallmark movie. I don't know how I feel about that. Hallmark movies have no profanity, no sex. They barely kiss. Yeah. So R-rated. But Hallmark means fluffy, feel good. They certainly do not discuss pegging or fan fiction. (laughs) They don't. I would say R-rated movie. (laughs) Yeah, I would say R-rated Netflix movie. (laughs) NF gave it one star. DNF 80%. I just gave up on this book. I like the idea of a chubby heroine, but why mention it in degrading terms constantly? Edit. The book fetishizes fat people. I'm going to disagree. First of all, yes, stopped at 80% before it really got into the whole he can love her and it doesn't matter what she looks like, he loves her. Mm -hmm. It's not a physical thing. You, you know so the, it just seems like there is a fine line for people with what they consider to be representative and celebratory um and what is crossing the line into into um fetishizing things mm-hmm. all right last one caitlin gave it one star uh i think we should bring back book burning <gasps> no um i i think that's i think you know with all this shit going on with banned books right now (laughs) i clutch my pearls how dare you Ah. look if you purchase this book and you hate it so much that you want to set it on fire i mean you did purchase it it is your property now i guess but i would never burn my book I I mean, there's so many other books you could burn, like Midnight Sun. <sighs> <sighs> I th- it's a bit much. It's, it, it's a no for me. Okay, fine. All right. Big moment. How many and what kind of phallic symbol would you rate this book? Okay, so I put a special bookmark for this one on page 306. So I went with fingers oh God. and I gave it five fingers full hand which is awkward if you think about it but <laughs> i'm going with fingers for my phallic symbol and i give it all five i really thought you were gonna say concepticles i thought about it but also they i don't know what they are <laughs> right that's it she does not explain consent tentacles testicles i get that too but what's the con but I feel like it is like some kind of like consent to be. But you know, I went with fingers because it was obvious, and I didn't need to really like understand it any further than that. Hopefully, maybe in the third or fourth book, or as the series continues, we will get more of the consenticles. I just want to know <laughs> how many fingers would you give this book? I give it four fingers. I was really invested in these characters and their story. Um the banter was superb. Alex just as a character, you just want to protect him at all costs. It's really funny. Um I think it sends a really good message about understanding your self-worth and projecting that to, out to the world. Yeah, I mean I think I gave spoiler alert like three stars. This one's better. I said that. That was our hot take, that so this one was better. I Yeah. Five fingers for Heather, four fingers for me, and that sounds like really awkward. But does Did it? If you think about it. Or does it sound just right? Oh, let's see what you Great American challenge. <laughs> 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 We're being obscene, and it's okay. <laughs> it is time. Heather's favorite time where I scar her for life every episode, we're gonna roll right into our bi-weekly boner. Oh no. I can gladly say I am not responsible for scarring Heather with this week's boner. That's true. (laughs) Because we both discovered this boner live out in the wild in person. At the Sinisterhood live show that we went to a few days ago. We did. Yes. Alright. Hit it, Heather. What was it? So, a person in real life has the name of Scott Steve something starts with an S. His last name is Kincannon. So, his email is (laughs) Skincannon at whatever and there we have it (laughs) at dicks.com at dicks.com this poor poor soul yeah and as soon as it was said out loud i looked at ashley and i knew i knew it would be our by willie boner and here we are (laughs) we made eye contact direct eye contact while cackling we did aggressive aggressive eye contact (laughs) was like i was like Oh fuck no! And she said, "Oh fuck yes!" And I was like, "Fuck!" That's exactly how it went too. It is mentally communicated. I'm like, "Fuck, don't no." So we were like Mackenzie and Mister Whiskers there, you know. We just like we didn't need words. We were telepathically. No, there were no words. No words. I looked at you. You looked at me. Hell yeah! Here it is. Skin cannon. To add on to that, skin cannon mistakes were made my friend many mistakes rum was involved but how like well that's the thing with a lot of businesses that is that's your email automatically right is the first initial the initial of your first name and your last name at whatever.com right that's actually really common for businesses but if you have a name like that you might you might um put in a request to switch it up a bit or you're very innocent and don't understand what skin cannon could mean. That's the lusty lizard for this week. But eventually, <gasps> I'd like. To... <laughs> Heather has died. But eventually, I'd like to hear some boisterous banana descriptions from all of you listeners. No pictures, please. Just written descriptions. Contain yourself. I'm trying. <laughs> oh jesus are you crying (laughs) i really am it's fine (gasps) she's i made you cry with my boners which is a very odd sentence your boisterous bananas (laughs) my lusty lizard and boisterous bananas just brought tears to your eyes Stop! (laughs) tears of joy Uh, i'm trademarking this right now you can't use it in your romance novels (laughs) <laughs> it's mine. <laughs> Very well. <laughs> you can email the goods to tom's podcast at gmail dot com. Put biweekly boner in the subject line. And don't forget you must include the name of the book or article and the author. Heather. Ashley. We did it. We did. How do you feel? Fine. Done. Complete. Exhausted. It is after two o'clock in the morning, uh, due to all our technical difficulties and Heather's slacking on her book report. <laughs> I just one question. I knew I was gonna fail. <laughs> I knew it. You did not fail. It's not graded. Yeah, I think uh I like this series. Yeah. I think it uh brings up a lot of good discussions. And it's fun. Why not? Yeah. I think I think we'll definitely be covering the third book uh in the third season of this podcast so yeah i'm hoping i'm hoping there will be more books more seasons yes join me back here in two weeks for our next read a court of mist and fury by sarah j moss and And remember remember to to fix each 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 other's grounds grounds and and don't don't let let the digs get get you down.
0: down toodles thanks for listening If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts or liking, subscribing, and following on whatever platform you're listening on. Not enough action for you? You can follow Turgid Tomes Podcast on Instagram, like the Facebook page, or join the Goodreads group, where you can chat with other listeners, lurk tawdry reviews, and get a heads up on what we're reading and drinking. If you have any suggestions or feedback, you can send it to turgidtomes at gmail.com. And last but not least, remember to fix each other's crowns and don't let the dicks get you down.